Tottenham, stick it in the goal Come on Tottenham, the pace are bloody slow You are the first team, the last team my dreams have ever seen Put on that lily white and run on to that green White Hart Lane has seen its pain, it's had its loads of nights We fought our team through thick and thin and all those glory nights And when the game is done we'll sing a song and talk it out all night Hey, Come on Tottenham, stick it in the goal Come on Tottenham, don't be so bloody slow You are the first team, the last team Hi, it's episode 13, season 5 of the Tottenham Hotspur family podcast Joining me this week, David Fornell from Sussex Good afternoon Right, it's just a two-man pod this week, just the two of us. Um, let's begin with yesterday. Um, that was our seventh away win, I think, this season. Um, seven out of seven out eight, seven out of eight wins away from home. Um, impressive stuff. Stuff. Um, three points on the board. Absolutely, absolutely, it's quite incredible. I, I can't think of another time that we win so many away games on the trot. Um, besides the argument that we're playing all our games away, but uh, no, I I thought um, I I thought it was a great ground out result yesterday. I I, I sort of I would say I enjoyed it because it was as usual. It was sort of full of um, drama and nail biting. You know, just whether we concede first again or mm. something. But uh, no, a clean sheet as well yesterday. Great um Just uh, on that, uh, on the fact that it was what our seventh win away from home. I think that's our. We've we've accumulated more away wins than any other side in the Premier League in the calendar year. Twenty eighteen, thirty nine away wins. Um, the nearest team to us, City, with thirty away wins. That's notwithstanding that we also play games at Wembley, which is arguably not our home. Um, our home. Absolutely. That's amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, you're starting to. It's starting to come clear how difficult um, the season and last season has become for us, and yet the players and the manager are still battling through it, still smiling through it, um, and and getting the results. And we're probably not given as we would at Spurs supporters would normally say, we're not given the credit, maybe we're due. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I think critics outside of the club, even some of our own fans would say, well, where are the trophies? And that's that's fine, that's a, that's a valid point. But when you compare us to um, previous seasons, uh, we've, imp- we've improved. And, and I, as, I, as I said many a time, um, I think that puts us in a better position to compete for those trophies and hopefully at some point eventually win a trophy um just a stat i saw on um twitter yesterday uh somebody alerted me to, to this so we've won 166 away matches in the pre- in premier league history that is obviously they will see old first division um they've also top flight football before the premier league but since the formation of the premier league in 1992 um 166 away matches off those 166 pochettino has won 44 of them that's 25.6 percent um and if yeah. you look at it um last season well uh yeah last season seven away wins um 10 the season before that nine the season before that nine the season before that nine the season before that that was all under pochettino um Prior to that, actually, 10, 10, 10 the season before under AVB stroke Sherwood, and ten the season before under AVB, and then you've but then then it starts to dip. You've got seven, 
three consecutive seasons under under Redknapp, and then uh, then dips to even lower four, three, five, six, five, four, five, four, two under George Graham back in two thousand two thousand one, and so forth, um, and and even less. And and the figure for the figure in the sort of mid nineties when we had twenty two teams in the, in, the, in the Premier League is isn't that high high either. And even that, even though we had more teams in the division, um, and at, at the moment. Um, what was it? Seven, I said. So we've already equaled last season's total. And I understand, obviously, a lot of those games, um, uh, we've played a few more away games than we normally would at this point because of the whole stadium and rearranging fixtures. But nonetheless, it's uh, it's impressive. Yeah, it's what it's what I remember of Spurs, really, of, of over the years. It's, it's always been tough away. Um, always been overjoyed when we got an away win. You know, you'd hope for a draw. And here we are, just one after the other. And you have to pinch yourself. And I think Spurs fans have got to be real, I say realistic, but look at it as, as what it really is. You know, we, we are getting the results away. And I mean, Palace, even though that's what, five, five games, I know, I they scored, I think six months since they scored at Selhurst Park. It seems bizarre that does. Um, or, or was it we? I can't remember which way around it was, but I've had a real poor run, but they're not a bad side. No. Not a bad side. Um, the only thing I would say about yesterday's game was that, and I don't know how you, you were there, I don't know how you saw it, but it looked quite condensed. Um, Do you know what? It, it, it always is. I mean, we've that's the fifth game that we've won 1-0 against against them in, 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 the, in the league, um, including the, the, the home games at uh, Wembley last season and, and a couple of seasons back up at White Hart Lane. And certainly the, the, the last two away games... One nil wins. They, Roy Hodgson, you know, will set them up four four two. Very solid banks of four makes it makes it difficult. Um, and and yeah, he does condense condense the play. And they're looking to get something on the break. Um, they're looking yeah. to, to 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 not concede anything and and and, and snatch something or or at the very least come away with a point. Um, which. Maybe they, if they had Zaha, who was missing, um, it might have been a different story for them. I still think yeah. we, we would have won, by the way. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they're a very big physical side, um, so they, they they sort of match us up for for that side of things. But the pitch is smaller than than Wembley. Um, there are seventy four square less uh, square yards less, and 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 it looked that way yesterday. And I thought, yeah, there's there's not much space to be. We had, but there we are. We we come out. We've changed six players, and I really would right at the beginning I'd have a big shout out for Pochino because here he is. This is what he's always intended to do: was be able to um, spin the dial and come out with another side to keep the other side guessing. And and his squad management, not team management, his squad management is is getting better and better. And we're bringing in players, and we'll speak about those, I'm sure, shortly. Um, bringing in players to replace. Partly because he has to, and partly because he wants to. Yesterday, and that's real squad management, and still comes out grinding out. And I know I've got to use the word ugly. I'm not sure I quite want to use that word, but it's just grinding out a one-nil result. Fabulous result. Absolutely. I mean, okay, let, let's look at that, that starting eleven. Some of those positions, I support. I suppose pick, pick themselves. Hugo in goal. Um, Davis at left back. We don't uh, have an option there because Rose is still injured. Um, 
Trippier on the last podcast I thought that he would go for Uriah because of his pace to, to combat Zaha as it was Zaha didn't start and Trippier did but he but but he picked up an injury so so Uriah came on for him Alderweireld no surprises there and then his partner Foyf now when you saw that were you surprised that Foyf started um given what happened last week um and I know Sanchez played middle of the week, but that was, what, Tuesday? That's quite a few days ago, and it's not as if we've got a, a game in the middle of the week. It's, it's straight into international football. Were you surprised? That, I mean, Sanchez was, actually was injured, sorry. So I suppose that picks itself. Let's talk about Foyth before we dissect the rest well, of the, the line. Well, I, I, what I would say is that I decided when I, I you know, just got podcast today and I thought well let's I'm going to record my own thoughts before kickoff because it's very easy to come out with something after the game and say oh yeah I'd have I'd have picked Foyth straight away but I didn't put too much blame on Foyth last week it certainly the second you and I were there together and the mm-hmm. first one I, I all I said was I know he he was sold a pup by uh, Trippier both times um, but he still has to take some blame himself I mean he's still got to manage his own game and it was a silly trip when he came at, at Wolves and he was coming back out. I said to you straight away, I said, well he was going nowhere. Why did he put a foot out? That was just silly. But the second one, he actually slipped and then sort of fell on him um, and I, I didn't too much, put too much blame on him. Other than that, I thought he played well, but I wasn't surprised when I saw him there because that's before I was really sure that that was a hamstring or a, a problem with Sanchez. And I wasn't that, that I wasn't that surprised because I know what Pochettino thinks of him he, he speaks very highly of him and he looks now uh, I say I think um, John Steggles the other week he looked sort of quite a slight built lad but he's actually a lot bigger than when he joined us he, he does look the, the part now and he is going to be playing in many more Premier League games I really wasn't surprised and, and he looked the business yesterday he really did absolutely I think the, the mistakes he made last week sort of overshadowed the, 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 the performance which I thought was otherwise good <clears throat> and unfortunately for a defender if you're going to make mistakes high profile mistakes not one but two in a game um, that's what people are going to remember you by um, but you make those mistakes as a young man you'd like to think you'd learn learn from them and you come back um, a stronger character, I think. Testament to Pochettino that he picked picked him again. Uh, sorry, at, 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 at the outset, I, I I suggested or I was that it was a, a tactical decision, but, I, but Sanchez, I think, it emerged later ha- had a injury. Um, I think that did wonders for the boy um, that he played because it could have it could be. I suppose Pochettino could have gone for Dyer at the back, um, as it was. He was on, he was on the bench if if he had any reservations about Foyth, but he started him. And uh, a week ago, I think I said that after that Wolves game, I, I said I said on the pod that Foyth is in a better position now, despite those mistakes, than he was a week a week before in his Spurs career because he's he's had a decent game in, in a cup tie against West Ham, and he's had his first Premier League um, experience his first start even albeit he's made a few mistakes which which I hopefully will learn from uh, a week later I think he's, he's in a stronger position now having had a second match man of the match performance and, and got on the score sheet as well um, the, the future looks good for him yeah both both Wolves and Palace gave him a, a physical test Yeah, and he came through it really well and I just love the way he just traps the ball looks puts his head up 
looks around and taps a nice easy ball mm. as though he's not under pressure um, I, I really like that of him and, and you're absolutely right I mean uh, Poch has faith in Forth absolutely and Technically, he's very good. He's good on the ball. He's good at bringing the ball forward, which which you need in, in the centre backs um, in this day and age, particularly with the way we play, bringing the ball forward. But 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 first and foremost, he's a defender, and 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 defensively, um, he's looked solid. And uh, yeah, I, I think overall, I look I look at our options there, and you consider Vertonghen, Alderweireld, Sanchez, Foyth. There's real strength and depth there. Mm. Actually, he's not a defender by um, nature. He's actually a, a attacking midfielder. That's what he was out in Argentina. Mm. Uh, um, and then they, Argentina, they moved him back into the back line. So he can actually play. That's why he's quite comfortable on the ball, because he's used to being under pressure um, with it in the midfield and having to spin with it, about with it. So um, it's quite interesting that. Uh, I'd be interested if he ever does play him into a, any sort of midfield role in in uh, um, years to come. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it did occur to me if at some point we've got an injury crisis and we need somebody sitting in front of the back four. Maybe, maybe he could he could do that. It might be a position that he grows into. Um, the rest of the lineup, obviously, Kane sort of picks itself and uh, uh, Lamella and Delhi. So there's always a sort of sort of embarrassment of riches there with, when you've got the likes of. Mm. Delhi and uh, Lamella and uh, Moura who started and obviously um, Sun was on the bench Ericsson was on the bench the two areas that slightly concerned me um, were the centre of the park so he went for Sissoko and Winyama and I looked at that initially and I thought to myself there's one player in Winyama who likes to break things up um, and he's a good sort of defensive midfield player. Um, how fit he is, I, I don't know. Um, but obviously, Pochettino deems that he's fit enough to start, so he's, he's, he's done that. And then you've got another player, Soko, that likes to bring the ball forward. But maybe fair to say, from a technical point of view, um, he's probably not one of the best players that we've got in the squad. But the, both of them are, aren't the sort of players that that are like a Winks or like a Dembele, somebody who's composed, somebody who can pass the ball about. And then when you couple with, with the fact that there's no Ericsson there, you sort of think, where's the creative? I know you've got Lamella and you've got the pace of Mora and, and, and Delhi can be quite um, quite uh, skillful in, in, in opening up defences and, and dropping between the lines. And, but I, uh, there seemed to be something for me lacking there in the starting line. I like, but I thought particularly, as you said, I said earlier, with the, the fact that pitch is quite condensed and... and, and Palace like to make it difficult for us. I would, I would have thought that a Winks or an Ericsson, one or both, would have started. Yeah, maybe, but I say it's a physical challenge, and clearly, what we did was uh, was right. I, I have to say, at the time, I th- thought, you know what, if it was Manchester United with um, Mourinho, uh, he may well start Fellaini and Matic, and where's the creativity in that? Yeah, and yet he he wins games, and really those two were a replication of, of, of that. Um, players who are big, bulky, put their foot in um, and prevent Palace from overrunning us or, or outplaying us in some way in that midfield area. And then we'll just allow the forward players to be the creativity. Um, if we win 1-0, it worked. And Sissoko, uh, for me, 
was I think he was probably man of the match, but I'm glad Foyth got it. I I'd agree with you because I um my thought was at, at, during the game that uh, Sissoko was a standout player for us, probably followed by Foyth. Now Foyth got it, I suppose, no surprises there because because yeah, had a good performance. He got on the score sheet, but. But Sissoko, I mean, he seems to be going from strength to strength. His, his confidence. I there were times yesterday where I don't know whether you noticed, but he was sort of dropping back, almost in a sort of sweeper role, um, in front of in front of the uh, the, the, the the back two, um, and then driving the ball forward, almost like a black Beckenbar. He, he was superb. <laughs> he was he was there was one touch in the game I think it was the latter part of it and I'm trying to remember it but it was a long ball to him uh, and, and he had a touch of Zinedine Zidane a half volley little control and, and sort of passed it at the same time mm. it was a lovely piece it was party piece almost all to do with confidence he's now getting the fans behind him Poch has always been behind him and uh, here we are and uh, I'm afraid uh, next week I can see him being well not next week week the week after two weeks time i can see him being almost the first on the uh, team sheet well we'll talk about chelsea uh, in a moment i just on just on soco i was just gonna say right at the very end of the game and not too dissimilar to, to the scenes you, you saw you and i witnessed at, at molyneux last week um uh final whistle and obviously players come over and and get applauded um by our fans and uh Skoko was one of the last to, to to come over, and in fact, he came over the same time that Pochettino came towards the fans, and Spurs fans were just singing his name, um, just just chanting Musa Sissoko's name. Not just not just at that point, even at other points of the game. I'm, I'm not, I don't know if that came across on on TV, but yeah, uh, he seems to be, uh, you know, just just getting a lot of a lot of praise. And I think Pochettino, even afterwards in his press conference, suggested that that you know, a few, um, he said a few weeks ago or a month or so ago. Spurs fans were, were being critical of, of the fact that why he he, he was persevering with, with Pochettino, but it, but sorry with uh, with Sissoko, but it seems to have come good. Mm. Well, you know, I've always been a I don't say a supporter of him, but I I, I don't go for the criticism, and I'm, I've always bothered me that with the criticism, um, it, it spilled out into the, the 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 game and the fans, and it, it's it's got an impact on him, and the fans themselves maybe take some blame for, for rather impacting on his confidence mm. uh, and now you can see if we do the opposite and we're getting something a tune out of him which we you know Pochettino clearly is um, rethink your rethink your plans lads uh, next game um, sing his name loud and proud at the beginning and make sure he knows he's got your absolute support and let's see what he can do absolutely and do you know what it's not just like yesterday or, or Wolves last week, it's several games. I think as far back as well those two matches. Um, I thought we played well against Man City, West Ham away in the league. Um, I think he might have featured against Cardiff. My, my, my memory's mm. playing tricks with me. Um, a few cameo appearances here and there in, in some of the, the cup competitions or in Europe. Um, he's been doing it over over the last month or so, yeah, um, consistently and. Yeah, sure. I'm sure if everybody is fit and Pochettino picks his strongest eleven, then uh, he wouldn't necessarily be first on the team sheet. But as a squad player, he's he's a really good option and and something different. Well, he's more than that. It's become vital actually mm. for that. Uh, we we all start moaning about whether we've got a big enough squad. We haven't had signings, and um, we we've turned around and said, you know what, Moore is a, a like a new signing for this season. 
season. Well, maybe some fans, um, Sissoko's become that as well. Almost like a new signing. He's a player that we can rely on. He not only, you know, he can come on, but he can now start the game. And he's enabled Ericsson to have a rest, a well-earned rest. And Dyer. Absolutely. I mean, we, we hardly used Eric. I mean, he came off the bench yesterday, Ericsson, but... Uh... You know, that's a really good, good position to be in to, to go to Palace to, to get the win, to get the three points and not even start Ericsson. Mm. Um, and, you know, he, and he was coming back from an injury. We've obviously got an international break now around the corner. I'm sure he'll be, he'll be involved with Denmark. So to rest those players, um, uh, that's, I think, going to be really important. Particularly, is, I wonder if there's still a bit of a World Cup hangover with a lot of these players. It's funny you say that because I'll be giving some thought to that. And I, I've said up to now, I don't think, you know, it's players, but I now do. The, the, the evidence is there, Javid. The evidence is there. We're getting so many injuries. And we had, as everybody said, nine players involved in the semi-final of the World Cup. Mm. And, and they, they're getting silly muscular injuries, which are very indicative of players who have played too much without a rest. So, you know, and we're the ones that are, suffering probably more than the other clubs because we had slightly more players involved towards the end um yeah no i've no doubt now in my mind that that uh, we are we are suffering for it so good old sissoko absolutely um that win at palace leaves us well it's still we're fourth in the table and we're still fourth in the table but we're on 27 points now that's four ahead of Woolwich, um, who play later today against, or who are playing now, I think, against Wolves, home to Wolves. Um, three points behind Liverpool, who've gone top. Uh, two behind City, who play later t- today against United. Um, if they could drop some points there, that would be that would be really good. And, and currently a point behind third place Chelsea, who are drawing at the moment with Everton. It's half time in that game. Um, Chelsea happen to be our next opponents um, in a fortnight. Uh, a week Saturday um, how do you see that game and yeah. in terms of personnel I know a lot of it's going to depend on the international break and what not but Sissoko you, you mentioned him earlier would you start him against Chelsea yes yes I think he would uh, I don't say he will but he he, I, I can see him doing it and saying yeah he's playing well why not um, but you're right I mean it will cut I'm down to who's fit, who's had game time with their international sides. Um, it's an interesting game, isn't it? Um, I don't see Chelsea as any better side than us. Um, and it's about how either team perform on the day. I mean, there's no doubt that they've got one good match winner um, in Hazard. Um, and if he doesn't play, if he gets injured with Belgium or something, you, you'd say the pendulum would swing towards us as an advantage. You certainly would. I don't see what Chelsea have got besides Hazard. He's the boy that does pretty much all the damage. Looks like Zaha does at Palace. Mm. Um, other than that, if he plays, if we can keep him quiet, and Sissoko is a big boy for Hazard to, you know, but in the midfield area. Who knows? Uh, um, I've got a feeling that we might sneak that one. I really do. We'll be up for it. Um, no doubt. Um, I think Chelsea's uh, battle of bridge malarkey won't happen under their, their new manager. Um, sorry, I, I, I don't think he'll allow that. I think he will, will demand his players play a very structured, sensible, hard-working game, but they won't go down that avenue. 
which I'll prefer um, to see. So I, I but I, I, if we've got all our, or most of our players, we won't have all our players, of course, but if we've got the bulk of them, I, I think we may just get them. I, I think by the odd goal. No more. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd take that. Um, I think... Of course you would. <laughs> I think it's going to be a close game. I, I'm i going to sit on the fence and say a point, um, which I don't think would be a bad result necessarily. Um, Hazard, obviously, yeah, as you say, he, he's, he's, he's the key man for them. I think Villian, although I don't think he's um, anywhere near the standard of Hazard, he's, he's one of those players that seems to be our sort of bogey player um, a bit like Robert Perez was for us, somebody that, that tends to score against us, tends to do, do well um, I think Hazard aside, actually I think that they're, they're a strong part of their team is their mid, midfield, um, Kante, Kante and Jorginho seem to dictate the play and I've been I've been impressed with um, uh, Kovacic um, he looks a good good player, but then if we've got us, if we've got a strong or near strong lineup, um, there's no reason why we can't be a match for them. I th- I think that it depends on our mid- midfield. If if I, if our if we can match their midfield and win that particular battle against Kante and and particularly prevent Jorginho from dictating the play, then I think we can c- come out on top. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I've no doubt. I've no doubt. I think we could do. I think we could do that. And they, they haven't got the greatest strike force. Um, I know Giroud's always been a bit of a um, a bogeyman for us. He's, he's scored one or two goals against mm. us, the late headers. But um, I, they've got to get the feed to him. And if we can prevent that, um, yeah. then I, I, yeah, we can we can shut. Them yeah, down. Uh, I, I, yeah, I agree with that. Morata's not great. Um, I mean, no. the goals tend to come through through Hazard, so he he'll be the one who, no doubt, will um, cause us problems. But no, no reason why why we, why we can't get a result. Um, just very briefly, we played PSV in the middle of the week. Um, what were your thoughts on that match? Ah, uh, <laughs> well, I got to pull the positives out of it. I mean, we didn't stop playing, and good old Harry um, got us out of jail, and that's what he does. And good sides drag out a win I mean are you going to complain about Juventus they came back on us and you say well they are a darn good side but we had that game mm-hmm. they they must be looking at us in the same way saying well they're a darn good side but we had that game but we just switched off for a second and they caught us and that's what we did we, we just caught them didn't we yeah. um, because we got we got that quality mm-hmm. we have got that quality um, and as much as sometimes you think Harry's quiet don't ever think and, and Harry thinks Harry Kane thinks that way as well you know he just waits for people he, he almost looks them in the eye and waits, some, waits for the defender to switch off and that's it he's gone half a yard and he's gone behind you and then he'll get it yeah we had a lot a lot of shots on, on, on target sorry a lot, a lot of shots in that match um, I think it might have been possibly I read somewhere a stat that, that it was the most that we've had in a Champions League game um, so it was only a matter of time, and they're not great. I didn't feel, think they were PSV were great in the first game. Um, no. And I think on the on balance, if you look at it, four points against PSV is perfectly respectable. Forget about the fact that we sort of did we did throw it, throw it away um, with uh, the defending in, in away from home, but four points is perfectly respectable. Unfortunately, um, as I keep, I don't want to sound like a broken record. I think. 
as I keep saying on, on the pod, um, I think if we fail to qualify for the next round, it will come down to that opening defeat against Inter. But we're still in there with a chance, and we've got Inter next um, in a couple of weeks from now, so we shall see what happens there. Um, no Spurs ladies update this week. Um, they're not in action, um, so we've got a lot of questions to get through. So let's begin with a question from um, Annette Smith. Uh, her Twitter handle is at Mousketeer. And she says, what is Mauricio feeding Sissoko? Well, yeah, um, confidence. That's what he's uh, feeding him with confidence because he's standing by him, isn't he? Uh, as I said, uh, that's his um, squad management. And he, if, if, you, if you stand by Poch, if you believe in him and, and do as he asks, then Poch seems to absolutely stand by his players and, and defends them and picks them. And regardless of all the flack that's been flying Sissoko's way, Poch has still stood by him. And now we're reaping the benefits of all that. Um, and there we are. Yeah, but it's, it's confidence. And, yeah. and I think it really is a difference. S- similar sort of question from um, the Dorset Spur, who says, what is, a, what is the key to Sissoko going from shit Soko to skill Soko? Is it just confidence or is it just being given freedom? I think it's. I think it is just um, uh, the confidence. Uh, if he's got the confidence, he as he did yesterday. I mean, he 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 covered on um, Davis once. He got too far forward. He covered him, marched back, got the sliding tackle and laid it off. It was quite mm. something. His covering work. He gets through again, as Pochettino asked of his players. He gets through those hard yards something he didn't do up at Newcastle he was used differently he was used on the break um, because they defended most of the games at Newcastle so he's come to Spurs and that's the, that's one of the questions we had before really is a, um, was he the right player for Spurs well Pochettino is making him the right player for Spurs yeah. he's he's molding and really at an age when he's could could argue he's beyond molding now to anything else than what he is but yeah. he be happy has um and yesterday i would be careful you know just in case you had a bad game next next time but uh as you say i can't remember what i call a bad game since the caribou cup last season against west ham he had a terrible game against them and he looked his confidence looked shot that day and his confidence been slowly built ever since then yeah and i think also he's benefited from the fact that he's not been involved in the world cup with france um He's had a, you know, he's had a proper pre-season behind him. When we signed him uh, two seasons ago, he was involved in, he was on the back of the, of the Euros with, with France, where he played really well. But he didn't really have a proper pre-season. He joined us late um, in that window. The season had already started, and he, he never looked particularly fit. Um, he also looked very much like a, you know, quite apart from all the obvious, he lacked skill and this that, and the other. He really did look like a square peg in a round hole he just didn't yeah. look and now he looks part of that team he looks integrated part of that squad um, a, a vital cog um, another Soko question so Zoe Pearson her Twitter handle is at Z underscore Pearson THFC she says great wins how important could Soko Soko's role prove to be especially during this period I think you sort of touched upon that earlier is it by fluke or could it be the case of zero to hero in the end do you know I just on that before I bring you in David I I, I Part of me, every game whether that we play, whether I'm at the match or, or, or not, um, I dream, I, I, I fantasise about a, a moment where Sissoko 
scores this fantastic screamer from 30 yards out and everybody just goes mad um, and I, I still hope for that day that, that it's going to come and it, it might be in a North London derby where it's one all right at the end and it looks like nobody's going to um, nobody's going to uh, get the full three points and suddenly the ball drops to Sissoko from outside of the outside of the box and he just wellies it and it just goes straight into the into the top corner of the net not even a deflection just a clean shot I, I, I live for that it will I, I, you know, I'm certain that'll happen it happened to Wanyama at Liverpool last season he slammed one in the top corner I bet it does in fact he looked like Gazza at one stage when he ran at them he started to go <laughs> right through the middle of them and I was praying he was going to score I thought he was I thought he's right in there, but that's the difference. He is—he's got the confidence to run at them. It's funny. One, uh, I, I, one of the guys um, on social media we know, um, he said, "Well, he just sideways passes." You know, well, so did Didier Deschamps, and his nickname was the Water Carrier. That's yeah. all he did. He picked it up, played it sideways, kept the ball, and uh, France had enough skill, quality players in front to do what was needed. Deschamps didn't need to do that. Well, that's Sissoko really at the moment he's a bit of a water carrier mm. yesterday he was doing that job sure some of it most of it was sideways passing but he kept it um, tackled when he needed to it even had a little run so yeah I, I, yeah he's um, all, all looks good for the future hopefully yeah absolutely a stronger um, stronger squad yeah question from Karim Cronfley he says given we are effectively a polo team at the moment um, we have a hole in the middle. Um, how proud can we be that the team are still winning ugly despite the treatment room looking more like the set of MASH? <laughs> yes, MASH. Um, yeah, well, we have got... Um, this is what we just said about earlier about this uh, injury list, which is quite sizable, really. Um, and yet we are dealing with it. Um, hole in the middle? Mm, mm, I, I clearly... Pochettino doesn't see it as a hold in the middle because he's rested Dyer, hasn't he? Mm. Um, and Ericsson and felt that the players, and Winks, and felt the players coming in um, could do the job that was needed. And certainly, he it, it just, this was game management now. He's looked at Palace, looked at what he needed. He felt a more physical, I, I suspect he felt a more physical presence was required on the game rather than um, Winks spinning around with it. Um, so I, I'm not sure I would go with hole in the middle. I thought. We did what was needed. I, I didn't think we were lacking at all in that midfield area. Absolutely, and I think that we are. We have this season for for, for the most part um, got results without playing as well as we can. But I think we're four points better off at this juncture. Um, we are last compared to last season. Um, we've we've got two more wins than we had last season, where we had. Um, two two draws uh, instead of those two wins and defeats are about the same three, three defeats at this point we're in a Carabao Cup quarter final um, I know the Champions League form hasn't been as good as last season but we're still we can still qualify it's not impossible um, always with Europe I feel that it's different to domestic football and just because you have a bad season in, in Europe one season or, or several seasons I don't think that's a barometer of how well you're doing, I always look at the the, the, the domestic form, and I think domestically we the the, result, the results speak for themselves. Um, we talked about being away from home and and, and getting all these points, um, and I think there are signs that we are actually getting better in terms of performances. And 
Uh, I think we'll start to see that. Um, John Steggles, our own John Steggles, um, he asks, are the panel worried about the anonymity of Kane um, at yesterday's match? Um, I didn't think he had one of his better games. I, fe- I felt that a lot of the time um, he'd get the ball, his back was faced to goal when he was trying to hold it up, which normally he does very well, But, there were f- but and then to turn um, and bring people into play or... or, or take on players and, and, and create an opening for himself. Um, I, I didn't think he did that as well as he n- normally could, but that's not to say that um, he had a bad game. I don't think he was at his best. I felt a few times when he would drop off and he, he had the ball and he was he had the he had the um, the play in front of him rather than having his back to goal. Um, he was very good at picking out players, his passing um, superb uh, but I, I'm not overly concerned, and as you had said earlier, he, he got a brace against um, PS3 in the middle of the week. So even when seemingly he's not firing on all cylinders, he's, he still gets goals. He proved that at the World Cup. Mm. We too often judge players by their own standards, by those players' own standards, rather than what's around them. And he's still doing it. And if you look at his goal-scoring record, it's still pretty much second to none. Um, I. If we won the Premier League this season and Kane didn't score another goal, you wouldn't be bothered, would you? No. And that, and that's where it is. We've won one nil yesterday. Yep, he didn't have his his uh, best game. It would have been nice to rest him. It's the one position that he is unlikely to get rested, unfortunately. So he's got to play his way through all these games. But no, I'm not. I'm not worried. Uh, I, I I would say over the last three seasons because we've been pretty um, consistent with the squad we've got it's allowed other teams to study us even better um, and they've worked out how to make things difficult for us mm-hmm. and clearly um, Harry Kane is one where um, they would be looking like mad to see how he how he can be neutralised and, and taken out the game better um, which is possibly why we're playing uh, Pochettino's playing um, Mora a more advanced role. I was going to say exactly Kane that, that Mora. Yeah, yeah. I, I wondered why yesterday. Wondered yesterday when I looked at st- the starting eleven. I said earlier, uh, Ericsson, why he was on the bench, and I thought he would have. He would have, it, it, his inclusion would have been. Uh, I felt was what was required before the game and and after the first half. I, I thought bring him on, bring him on early early in the second half. He, he's he, we we need his his passes um, uh, to. to, to those openings, but then at the same time, I was w- watching Mura, and particularly I think yesterday he was playing on the left quite quite a bit um, and running at people um, and linking up with with Davis. And I thought this is the first time that Palace have um, encountered Mura. Um, a few other Premier League teams have this season. Some some did maybe on a few occasions last season, but first time that, that Palace have have played. Played us w- with with Mora and his pace and his trickery, um, and that gives us a different dimension. We may be not that predictable team we want once saw, and I think sometimes that's that's been our, our, our downfall. And we do need to mix it up, and we do need to have those different options, whether that's Sissoko or or Mora or or whoever. Uh, well, when when you change six players in the starting lineup, you've given Palace players something really to think about, haven't you? Yep. Yep. So credit to Poch for doing it, and if he got away with it. Um, actually, as we mentioned actually last week when Poch did things to 
to shore up. I mean, we the fans are saying, well, Christ's sake, you know, if we're 3-0 up, we start to lose goals. We're, we're, we're shipping goals in now. Let's just cut the game off, which he did. Game management. He he put he brought Sanchez on, and Sanchez just looked poor old Davinson was fish out of water there, wasn't he? Playing yeah. well, I don't know where he was playing. And there was trying to game management. All right, we got away with it, but my goodness me, uh, it doesn't always work. But it, he, it, he did try. No, it doesn't. It doesn't always work, and I think fans too readily um, shout for bring so and so, bring somebody on. And it doesn't necessarily always follow that making those cha- changes, making them early. Uh, uh, in terms of personnel, are going to improve things. Um, you can make changes within the match in terms of moving players around, switching formations. I thought yesterday, when he brought on Winks, I thought that was a good move um, in terms yep. of bringing a player. Um, I can't remember who did he see. He took off one of one of the attacking players. Um, it might have been Lamella. Uh, no, well, Lamella he, came he, off injured, didn't he? Lamella came off injured, and I think he brought on Sun for Lamella. Yeah, and, and Mora, Mora came off. Yeah, I think it was Winks for, for, for Mora. I'm sorry, I, I, earlier I, I suggested Ericsson had, had, had come on. He didn't. Um, oh, for some I was going to say. My, yeah, for some reason in my that. mind, yeah. Yeah, for some reason in my mind, I thought, I thought he came on. No, it was because that's right. It was it was Ori in the first half because of the injury to Trips. Yeah. Um, uh, Son, I think, for Lamella, the injury that he got later on. And then when he took off Mora, my expectation was that he'd bring on Ericsson, but actually it was Winks. And Winks provided that. Shields, yeah, and keeps the ball. And by the way, just uh, meant to say this earlier. I thought Winks was superb in the middle of the week against PSV, particularly if we didn't have any other sort of midfield players alongside him in terms of a traditional, like a, uh, a holding player, a uh, Dyer or a Wanyama. Um, it asked a lot of Winks, and I thought he was superb. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Yeah. Um, talking of depth and and players coming off the bench a question from Lee Marston his Twitter handle is at Lee Marston 81 our bench was strong yesterday plus all our injured players why do you think people still slag off our, our squad just on that um, 24 out of 25 players at Spurs um, have made their respective international squads this week so we had Gazaniga being called up for Argentina alongside Lamella and Foyth, 24 yeah. out of 25. I think one of the only players who hasn't made a squad is Carl Walker-Peters, who's involved with the, with the England, I think it's the under-21s. Yeah. Um, so anybody who does to say we don't have a depth only has to take a look at the options that we had yesterday, not to mention that we've got the likes of Danny Rose uh, and Vertonghen injured. Um, yeah. And I, I, I really do think we have we have got strength and depth. Um, the centre-backs particularly have... Uh, I touched upon that earlier. Other positions as well. Embarrassment of riches we've got behind Kane. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting question that because I remember Glenn Hoddle and Graham Souness at different times um, when Spurs were flying and were looking at um, uh, vying for the Premier League title. So we're not talking about this season. We're talking about the last couple of seasons. Turn around and said, "This is the best squad." I remember Hoddle said, "Best squad in the Premier League." They got strength in depth, mm. and you look at Hoddle and you think. Well, if he says it, surely we've got that. Soonis, whom normally I always think is anti-Spurs because of his time at Spurs, um, was, was a bad memory to him. So I always think he gets a bit... But no, he was he was very complimentary about us. And then we started to, to um, stutter. 
and they started saying the, the, the opposite, saying, well, it's, it's a trouble for Spurs. They haven't got the strength in depth in their squad. They need to add to it. And you do think, well, hang on a minute. Let me just replay what you said um, a couple of months ago. This is it's, it's bizarre. And this is the media for it, because we get fed it in our ears um, that, oh, we've got a str- strong squad, so we sort of buy into it. And then suddenly we don't have a strong squad. You, you do think yourself. Oh crikey! What? It's the same amount of players, same same squad. What what is it that we have got then from the from the the experts? Personally, as you've seen yesterday, six changes. Surely that's a strong squad. Of course it's not. When when Man City have got a three quarter billion pound sort of squad, and and then saying to Sterling, um, here's you know particularly after he tripped himself up. Well, that's worth three hundred thousand pound a week in anybody's money. Surely, you know, we'll pay out. They've got a massive squad, glittering, and they still go out and buy Amaris. And you do think, cracky, you know, I, I, we, we can't compete with that. We, we just can't. Um, so you have to look at what we've got and still think, you know, under the circumstances, it's a cracking little squad. I will say again, as I'm, I, like you said earlier, playing a broken record, but I think we will buy in January. And I'm sure we buy more than one. I, I just don't see us not buying. I really don't. We may have to pay premium but i think we'll buy we'll, we'll buy well um sounds like lord baltimore is in agreement with you he is um, actually yep <laughs> he is. he's cat. around me somewhere um just on on, on that Jan- on on acquisitions in in january um where do you think pontricino is likely i'm i'm, I'm not going to forget about targets particular players where do, which areas of the t- of the squad do you think it's likely to strengthen well i i hear you'd have to say another centre forward um, you just feel he needs one but that's the most difficult position it really is um, uh, I think another fullback. Hmm. sorry I'm going to say Ryan Sessegnon now he, he could play both left wing back and, and left back yep. I, 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 I'm not sure about Rose um, still he's yet to convince me back again um, and, and Davis I I mm, yeah, it's not. It's not that he's. I won't say he's. He's, been, he's done fine for us, but when we use the word upgrade, you know, you looked at it, and you think, well, how are you going to upgrade against Ericsson? How are you going to? Well, with Davis, I'm afraid I will say, yeah, I can see us be able to upgrade there, and and go up on one. So I think we may look at a left back, um, and I, I, you'd have to say now, centre back is probably least about unless um, Toby is still on his. Um, way out I don't know so maybe yeah. a centre back but, but with Foyth coming through in the last couple of performances maybe not but I, I see a, a sort of certainly a left back I see a centre forward and to some degree I suppose they'll, they'll, they'll target certain players and say look he's one for the future um, mm-hmm. let's buy him in regardless that uh, that that position is, is pretty plump with players we've got I yeah I mean I, I, I... Sort of tend to agree with you in terms of the, the, the fullback positions. I think that um, I'm not entirely convinced about Uriah um, and Trippier. I still think he's he's a quality player, even if he had a bad game last week and a few yes. out before that. Um, I'm not entirely convinced by Uriah, and he played well yesterday. Uriah, he, he did okay. Um, I can't see us buying a right back because. 
you've of course got Walker Peters there. I wouldn't want us to do that. I want Walker Peters to give given a chance. Left back position. I agree. I can understand what you're saying about about Davis. I don't. I think he had a really good season last season and and the season before that um, when Rose got injured. And this season he just doesn't forget about what fans say or or, 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 or people that um, Spurs supporters that, that aren't his fans. They will always be critical of him. Um, I think by his own standards, um, there's been a slight dip in his performances um, and yes if there was somebody better out there then I'm sure we would acquire that player um, Ses- Ryan Session is a good shout um, I can't see us do you know what I can't see us purchasing a fullback that would go straight into the team in January that's the thing I can see some, yeah, like somebody that's going to come in with an eye the next season I think possibly we could get a midfield player um Forward, I'm not sure. It's a difficult position to fill, as you say. Who's who's going to want to be second fiddle to to Harry Kane? Um, I think that when when us when our squad looks weak, when our bench looks weak, it's when we've got so many injuries, particularly in in, in vital areas. And we've had that a few times this season, and then yeah, the the bench does look weak, and then suddenly people say oh, we don't have the depth. But if Chelsea or United or United or City had had injuries. It takes perfect example. Take City. Um, De Bruyne has been out injured, and he's one of those players who's irreplaceable. But they do have other quality players, skillful players that can open up defences. Um, David Silva, for example, um, and they've got also another uh, embarrassment of riches up, up up front. Different sort of players: Sterling, Aguero, who Sane, um, Jesus, etc. Um, but if some of those players were also injured as well as De Bruyne. Then I'm sure their their squad would suddenly look a bit a bit, um, a bit a bit bare. So I I'm not overly concerned about our squad. Um, I think yeah there are some positions that certainly look stronger than others. Um, I think centre of midfield possibly with Dembele not perhaps playing consistently at a high level, being injury-prone. When Yama's had um, a few injuries the last couple of seasons, um, I'm not sure. I don't think we've seen the best of Wanyama since that first season that he had with us. Yeah. So possibly that's an area where I would I would like to, to strengthen. But I think we've, we've got a decent squad. OK, got a few more questions to get through. Um, John Steggles. Um, he says, following the club's announcement today um, that we have taken the option as a contingency measure for all this season's remaining matches to be played at Wembley at a capacity capped of 51,000, how likely does the panel think that this won't that it, it how likely does the panel think it is that we won't be moving into the new stadium before the start of the season? I think there's also dispensation that certain other games will. will we can play at 60,000 um, and some possibly nearer the full capacity. Um, I believe it's capped now at 51,000 for the rest of yeah. our games. I think for the rest of the games for this calendar year, mm. I'm not sure that that's... If we go into 2019, I think there is... Anyway, it's neither here nor there. Um, are we going to move into the new stadium, yes or no? Oh, I believe we will move into the new stadium. I, I think he's got to do this. I think Wembley have demanded it. If you want it, if you, if you need it as a contingency, you've got to... I suspect he's had to pay for it and uh, mm. put a certain amount of money in. Um, and I suspect Mace will have to pay for a certain amount of that. 
Um, and I think that's why he's done it. Uh, I, I, I still, I mean, for goodness sake, they marked the pitch out. Yeah. I mean, are they really going to mark the pitch out almost a year ahead of time? It is or six months ahead of time. Mm, I can't see that. Um, I could be wrong, but I still see all, all sorts. And I saw another post about somebody's cousin whose friend was a painter who was you know, knew their dog uh, um, had said something about you know that the, the wiring was still up a mess you know for shock really um i, I don't buy into any of that stuff that comes through uh, they don't know uh, i i no i think um i have a firm belief that we will be in january february latest i redo yeah. i redo um, the word the word there was contingency. And yeah, that has been used. It, 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 if we didn't take that approach, we could, I mean, I don't know. If it's feasible that we could keep going back to Wembley and saying, "Could we use your stadium? Could we use you know that?" What if they turned around and they said, "No, sorry, it's too 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 short notice," or "No, there is a NFL game scheduled," or or, or whatever it might be. Yeah. That would really leave us up shit creek without a paddle. Um, it's it's exactly that. It's contingency. Um, I don't want to. I don't want to speculate on well, when there could we'll be go a sp- in. There, no, there could be a Spice Girls concert in there for goodness' sake. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, uh, there's been progress, as you say, that's that been made last few weeks. Anybody who's been following that, the the the, the, the markings, the pitch, etc. The, the key thing that, that's holding it up is is the health and safety, that the the, the yeah. um, fire systems, etc. Which is the one thing that we you don't have visibility over. That's not something you know. You can see a cockerel going up. You can see some seats going in, but you can't see. That and that's unfo- that's the, the one thing that's that's holding it up. So we've got no visibility over the progress on that. Other than if all those other things are starting to go in, then maybe we are close. Maybe we're very close. Maybe it will happen January. There was an interview that Paul Miller did um, this week suggesting it, that it was going to be February, and he that that was um, uh, I think he sort of I don't know if he was supposed to say that. He actually implied that. He, he knew, and, and it was February. Um, I don't know if that was a slip of the tongue or, or, or what, but we shall I see. Doubt, um, I, doubt if it, I doubt if he knows. I don't think Daniel Levy comes out. Oh, hello, Paul, how are you doing? All right. You know the stadium's still a bit behind, don't you? Hmm. I can't see that at all. Daniel Levy's very good at keeping it so close to his chest, I'm sure. If um, if we did go in, hypothetically speaking, and, and, and it wasn't ready, and, and something happened, something awful happened, or, or whatever, um, could you imagine the stick everybody yeah. would give Spurs, including our own fans, um, that we rushed into it? And I think at this point, given what happened back in September, August, September, I think Levy's just making sure that that all, um, all positions are covered, both in terms of contingency, going into Wembley, if, if the stadium isn't ready, whether it's for a few more games or several more games or whatever, um, but also in terms of the actual stadium, he he wants it perfect, and I don't, I don't think he wants to be in another position where he says, "Yeah, it's going to be ready by um, I don't know the United game," and then we have another repeat of what happened back in August September. So, well, if it's going to be, I'm just looking at the fixture list. It's going to be February. Um, we've got two home. We're home to Newcastle on the second. Um, which is probably change, going to be changed due to TV 
uh, demands. Uh, and then we're on the ninth, we're at home to Leicester that weekend. So yeah. those could be the two games. Um, but other than that, we're away f- for the rest of the month. So yeah. it won't happen late February. Yeah. Or it, or it's going to be January and, and United, hopefully. Or well, I hope or... so. I mean, second of March, we're at home to Arsenal. So there's a there's a target. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a good target. Um, okay, let's move on. Um, Karim, another question from Karim Cronfley. He says, "The uh, bear with me on this one. The injury effect on Spurs' season. Potential discussions for the next show. Um, we now have had injuries and World Cup tiredness, hangovers, casting a shadow over our season. But consider this: we have had all three of our central defensive midfield players affected. The foundations of our formation have been completely gutted. Dembele can't consistently hack it anymore. Brilliant though he is when on form. Wanyama has not and may not recover from his long-term injury. And and Eric Dyer is possibly the most knackered, he says, in need of a holiday player in English football. I would say that Harry Kane probably could do with a holiday. A nice little week or two weeks away, somewhere in the sun. Anyway, uh, I digress. Um, He says... uh, Given how much the teams relied on him last year, Dyer, with Victor's injury, and then the World Cup, and then coming straight back in the Spurs eleven, combine that with our weakened and also knackered fullbacks, um, gentle Ben ex- uh, um, accepted. Um, the team are running on fumes. Is it surprising we are doing as well as we are? Um. On one half, if he's, it, this is what we were speaking about a little earlier, and, and I said that I, I, well, I would agree with that statement. I think um, that's where we are. I, I think we are running on fumes. I, I don't think that's a, an out-of-place statement. I think it's a good way of putting it. Uh, but we are running on fumes, and uh, and we are managing, and is it a surprise? It is in one hand, but then on the other hand, that's the quality of the manager and the quality of the players and what he's asking of them and he's still getting game out of them and still as I would put it grinding out results really is mm. I, I yeah I, I think there's something in that and I think um, it is a surprise that, but well done well done the boys and and someone like Sissoko hopefully now will get all our support and we're behind all our players and keep pushing them on absolutely and it, look if we were a lesser side if we were a top six um, I know we, we, we are one of those top six teams, but I think we're actually a top four team. But if we were um, a team that's been regularly finishing um, in a Europa slot the last few seasons or further down the table, if we were, say, Everton, um, by the way, nil, still nil-nil against Chelsea with seven minutes left, if we were, say, an Everton, for example, who, who are on a poor side, but um, perhaps just outside of that Champions League or even just outside of Europa at best maybe a 7th seventh, seventh position type team if we were that sort of team with those sort of calibre of players and we had the injuries that we've had we would struggle yeah. we would struggle if if we had a manager of lesser ability than Pochettino that wasn't managing those players um, managing that squad then we would struggle um, as it is, we have a fantastic manager who is man managing, um, who is utilising the full depth of our squad and giving players like Foy and Sissoko, um, who, let's face it, at the start of the season, how many of us would have said, oh, Foy's going to start a couple of Premier League games? Um, or um, Sissoko's going to play a prominent role. And actually, you know what? He's going to have a good run of games and fans are going to be singing his name. 
consistently. I don't mean just the one-off. I don't mean just the one good game where they where they chant the the Who Needs Bell when you got Sissoko song, but but actually several games. If you had said that at the beginning of the season, the men in white coats would have, would have taken you away. I mean, we are we're doing well because of because of Potches, you know, utilising that squad and the and testament to him, but also to the players and the quality of players that we've got. So it shouldn't come as a surprise, um, and we should actually be. I suppose grateful of the fact that we've we're there um, yep. still in contention. You know, three points off fourth in the table um, in November. Three points off um, the leaders at the moment, Liverpool. We um, were eleven. We were eleven points off the Man City this point last season. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. And I think, by the way, I mean everybody goes on about how City were flying last season. I still think they're flying this season. I, I know it, it, it might not it, in points. It might not that might not be illustrated, but but there is their they're still um, demolishing teams. I, I still think that they are the team to to beat, really. Mm. Um, oh yeah. So uh, yeah. Okay. Final two questions. Um, another one from John Steggles. Um, not necessarily a Spurs rated question. Um, following Ch- Charlie Austin's rant about the officials and VAR should more players lose their shit after matches has media training made post-match TV interviews be- beige is that what he meant uh, I don't know oh um, well, let me look at that I just far away uh, you may want to look at the running order because probably the next question I know, I've, uh, got I've, got I've got it on I've got it on I've read through it but um, uh, VAR should more players uh, has media uh, interviews beige oh I get it yes <laughs> so if anyone did, if Just anyone bland. Bland. Yeah. he's bland yeah if um, anyone didn't didn't see it um I, did. I saw it on match match of the day yesterday um uh, this was a decision where charlie austin scored seemingly i thought uh, a, a perfectly credible um, legit goal but it was ruled out because one of the southampton players i can't remember which was in an offside position although um I, as far as i could see he wasn't in line in, in, in the goalkeeper's um, line, he wasn't blocking him, and like the line of sight, and I, he didn't get a touch. In fact, he, he stepped back, stepped back, and the ball went in, and it wasn't given. And, and as it was at that point, um, Southampton were one 0 up against Watford. Had that gone in, it would have been two 0 And as it was, um, Watford got an equaliser later on. It ended up a draw. And Charlie Austin, in his post-match interview, um, really just yeah, to, to coin a phrase, he, he did lose his shit. He was really annoyed. I, I thought he gave a very good account of himself. Um, I thought he was quite balanced about it, considering, as I would say, avoid it because you lose your temper um, straight after a game. You're still the blood's rushing around like mad. Um, and that's where he was. He was still fuming coming off the pitch. But I thought what he said was spot on. And I, I like to see it. Uh, I, I, if it was a young player be careful but he was an experienced player and he wasn't going to care what anybody said or whether he got hauled up in front of the FA I didn't think he said anything that was out of um, out of order really uh, I, I liked it and, and I would like to see players more often say what they think but this is the pro- part of the problem with VAR now we've had a, a little bit of a taster of it we've seen its shortcomings and it has got a lot of shortcomings but we've seen uh, again where maybe that could be just just for the important decisions where it can help and it would stop this it happened today actually with the Fulham game um, 
Fulham scored what was uh, oh it's a cracking goal but being offside if he was it was a couple of inches I I can't blame the linesman but if we could have used VAR then it would have sorted out but of course then Liverpool just took the the kick straight away went down the other end and scored changed the game hmm. changed the game but yeah I, I, I loved the interview I loved the interview I did too I mean I thought that it was um, he was very emotional he was very passionate and there is a tendency for, for, for football players clearly they've had a lot of media training because um, every time a player is interviewed after a match they sound as dull as dishwater yeah and it just sounds very scripted and yep. very Cle- boring cliched cliched yep absolutely um so in that respect yeah it was refreshing to see and, and he didn't say anything controversial he doesn't i don't recall that he was critical about the about the referee in a way that would op- open him up to to to, to uh, sit in front of a panel and 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 and, and, and get a charge but and miss games or, or have to pay a fine, etc. Um, having said that, just to contradict what I've just said about media training and, and players sounding as dull as dishwater, I think there are quite a few managers who could do with some media training um, because a lot of the managers, I think Pochettino is one exception, um, there are a few others, but by and large it would be nice if, if managers, and I'm thinking like likes of Mourinho, for example, um, Sam Allardyce when he was around um, countless others Mourinho's the one obviously that, that, that stands out showed a little bit more dignity um, and yes. a little bit more respect yes. um, they could do with some media training frankly um, yes it may be if, if they were as dull as some of the players are it, would, it wouldn't it would make for uh, something that's entertaining um, but you look at Pochettino you watch his post-match interviews his, his press conferences often he can he, it, it can be boring listening to him sometimes because he's very proper and very serious. There aren't. There isn't anything controversial. He, he says there isn't normally a soundbite that that he gives away. But um, he he says things in a respectable respectable way um, he, within the spirits of the game. He doesn't criticise officials. Um, he can be entertaining as well within that. You know, it's not as if he's yeah. necessarily dull. He, that there will be times where he will he will make comments and, and it's interesting. But. Uh, Contrast of that is the likes of um, who's the other one? Uh, Neil Warnock, um, Mourinho, oh. those people who are just beyond the pale. They're just irritating. Yeah, well, it was someone like Warnock who's seventy, and you, you you don't have a go at a pensioner. The FA don't want to touch him. And Mourinho is so powerful at times that he he again sort of stares down the lens and says, "Okay, come and get me, boys. I'll I'll I'll, I'll see what I can do to you. You know, I'll, I'll make trouble." Don't you, don't you worry. That's what he's like. Um, he's a right crank, really, isn't he? I th- thought it was quite interesting yesterday because Pochettino was asked a question in amongst the others, and that was, had um, Davids and Sanchez been fit, would you have started for him? And there's one thing that Pochettino, I think, does. Suddenly he asks the question again. I, sort of, Sorry. And he asks again, I, I, I don't understand. And someone explained to him, and I thought... Your English is that good in, good enough now that you understood that, and I think he hoped it would go away. He did answer it in the end. He said, "Well, I can't answer that." He, he well, was... I mean, yeah, he, he does that a lot. Refers to Hazus Perez, and I, I think what it also does is it buys him some time. Yes. To to, to, to think think through um, rather than go straight into straight yeah. into it. Um, and, yeah. And he can almost confer as well with his. Um, yes. With with with, with Hazus Perez, um, but. Uh, yeah, the the other one I was going to say was um, this is going back a few years, but sort of around about I don't know two thousand and five, two thousand and six. So 
there were two managers at the time in the Premier League or two coaches that I, I had a lot of respect for um, in terms of their post-match interviews. One of them was our, our own Martin Yoll. Um, oh, the other yeah. One, other one was, at the time, um, the Man City manager, Stuart Pearce, just before um, yeah. uh, Ericsson came in and then and then the Dubai Consortium and, and Mark Hughes and Mancini and etc. Um, both of those, I thought, I used to enjoy listening to Stuart Pearce and Martin Yol. They were very respectable, very honest, and it was a complete contrast from the likes of Mourinho, Sir Alex Ferguson. I can I can understand some of those managers. Sometimes they behave the way they do because it deflects attention away from the players. Uh, the players are under are under any pressure or performances, overall performances, and it, and and they become the story. In a sense, it's good. Um, it's a good way to manage the media. It, it, it's it's uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's sort of spin. Um, yeah. But yeah. Uh, I, it's not something I like to see, and and it would be nice if some of those managers had that bit of media training. Right. Um, final. Qu- Are we going to read this question? Final question on the podcast. Um, uh, I, think, I think I think you should read it. It's your podcast, Javid. I All think right, that I think you. it. I think yeah. it's on the running order, so yes. we should do the yes. the, the the listen the, the listener um, John at yes. jbear67 uh, do his question justice. Right. But I think it's better if you ask it. Than, yep, that's than fine. I. Well, you just asked it, but Jeff, you have a choice here. What would you like? Would you like to win the I suppose with the Carabao Cup or have dinner with Jenna Coleman? You can only have one. Which one are you going to choose? That's a difficult question because we haven't won a trophy since since the difficult league cup. Difficult question. <laughs> well, you've got to you've got to weigh it up. So we haven't won a league trophy. Uh, we, we haven't won a we have, sorry we haven't won a trophy since the league cup in two thousand eight. And there's a great danger that we we if we don't want win one this season, we won't win any trophies in this decade. Mm. Which I don't think has happened before for quite some time. I think you've got to go back to the nineteen. Uh, 40s, 30s, 40s. I'll dismiss because because of the war, but the yes. 1930s. I think possibly was the last time that um, that was a decade where we hadn't won any trophies. Anyway, any but anything post-war, we, pretty much every season post-war, we, we've 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 won trophies. Mm. Um, Don't answer the question, Jeff. Come on. No, and, and all our fans want trophies. Well, you're trying Pochett- to buy, buy time here. You're trying to buy time. <laughs> Pochettino said the Carabao Cup isn't that important as a competition. Competition. He, he sort of, he sort of inferred at that, and 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 I agree with him that the league is the bread and butter. We um, we judge by winning the league and 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 how we do well in the Champions League and and at the very least qualifying for the Champions League. So on that basis, um, dinner with Jenna Coleman is. Uh, sorry, uh, Spurs fans can go another year I'm, without winning a trophy. I'm sorry, Jeff. You need a bit of media training here. You need to go away and understand you have to come here and tell all our listeners, both of them, <laughs> that, you, can... that the Carabao Cup is by far the more important thing. And you would then say, Jenna, who? That's tra- that's training. That's the training but you we should could, have. <laughs> we could win the Carabao Cup any season. <laughs> Shame on you. Oh, well, you've answered. Thank you. Right. The, um, the next podcast, because we've got a, another... Um, rude interruption the international break um, coming around the corner um, the next podcast will be recorded two weeks today the day after we play Chelsea so Sunday the 25th um, just talking of Chelsea their match is finished nil nil against Everton so that's yeah, good so they're only a point above us now um, 
Liverpool three points above us and City and United are up next. Um, hopefully City will drop some points. Um, yeah, Chelsea up next for, for, for us and then the podcast, the next podcast will be recorded two weeks today. Um, until then, all that's left to me to say is thank you, David. Oh, thank you. And until two weeks' time, the future's bright, the future's clearly white. Good night. Tottenham, stick it in, let go. Come on, Tottenham, don't be so bloody slow. You are the first team, the last team. My dreams are ever seen. Put on that lily white and run on to that green. White Hart Lane has seen its pain, it's had its low denies. We've fought our team through thick and thin and all those boring nights. And when the game is done, we'll sing a song and talk it out all night. Hey! Come on, Tottenham, stick it in the goal. So bloody slow, you are the first team, the last team, my dreams have ever seen. Pull on that lily white and run on to that green. Oh, we've seen them come, we've seen them go, the names up on our shirt. Gods have failed as men are hailed and faces in the dirt. Now gather round and sing it out and we'll talk out over her.